Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Amen. Hallelujah. Because Jesus was obedient, even obedient to the point of death and the cross, the Bible says that God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Would you give the Lord Jesus, our Savior, a great applause of praise? Would you do that right now? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you would say, Jesus is the sweetest name I know? Amen. It's the most powerful name that we know as well. Praise God. That was a nice song. Who wrote that song? Phil Thompson Thompson wrote that song. All right. I don't know who Phil Thompson is, but I'm glad he wrote it. (laughs) I'll have to Google Phil Thompson and find out who he is. All right. Man, it's great seeing you all here this morning. God bless you on this beautiful day. Good to see all of you here today. And uh, we had a busy weekend here at Harvest Church. We had a women's conference that started on Friday night and went till Saturday at noon. And there was 315 ladies that came out and uh, just a great turnout. And uh, uh, Christina Jimenez and your team did such a great job. We had great speakers, presence of the Lord. So give everyone that was a part of that a great hand. Would you do that? Because it's really awesome. And then right after that, uh, Barbara joined me, and I was at a, a, a birthday celebration for Susan Matthew, who's here this morning with John. John and Susan have been a part of our church family for about 20 years and they're here with some of their family members today, but Susan has a very uh, important uh, landmark kind of uh, birthday coming up on Tuesday, all right? We celebrated it yesterday, but we celebrated Susan, this is Susan right here, uh, her uh, 80th birthday. Would you give her a God bless you? That's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're going to be encouraged by the message today, and uh, And uh, when we get to the end of it, it'll encourage you, all right? Well, everyone's going to be encouraged when I get to the end of any message. It's just how how it works. Amen. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. Amen. Hey, you've been sitting for just a little while. Just stand for just a little bit here. We'll pray over the message here, and then I'll let you sit again, all right? You know how your Apple Watch tells you to stand? Have you ever ever had to do that? Stand and breathe, you know? But, uh, man, I've just been blessed by the worship this morning. God bless all of you for being here. Good to see the Veras here today. God bless you guys. And uh, Larry over here, man, y'all been staying with it, man. I really, good to see you. Um, we're talking this morning about being an overcomer. Say it with me this morning, overcomer. In a, we're in, and so in September, we're going to have three messages on being an overcomer, and then I'm going to carry it into October as well. But uh, last week we talked about the enemies of an overcomer. We talked about David and Goliath as an example, but how God wants us to overcome our enemies. And there are many enemies. 
In fact, the Bible says when the children of Israel were getting ready to take the promised land, there would be seven nations greater and stronger than you are, but I'm going to help you to take those nations out, take them down. So aren't you glad that we have power, even over nations that are stronger and greater than we are, in the spiritual realm, we have power in the name of Jesus. How many glad for that, amen? So we talked about that last week. But today I want to talk about the spirit of an overcomer. What is it about an overcomer? What's the spirit of an overcomer? And then next week we'll talk about the reward of an overcomer. We'll be in the book of Revelation and talk about the reward of, a, of an overcomer. But this morning I want to talk about the spirit of an overcomer. And so God has called us to live overcoming lives. He really has. And to be an overcomer, you, in other words, in this world today, you've really got to be an overcomer to live in a, uh, a victorious Christian life, especially in a world that's filled with so many challenges and obstacles. How many of you would say, I mean, all of you that have lived a good, you know, a good stretch of life, that the last year and a half has been very testing, right? We've got all kinds of challenges and obstacles. They don't be uh, appearing to go away anytime soon, but God is going to give us the victory. So to become an overcomer, you're going to need to have a different spirit than, than what the world has. The world has one kind of spirit. Have you noticed the world's doing a lot of cussing nowadays? I got to preach on that someday, how to get your mouth uh, sanctified. <laughs> Because there's a lot of cussing and cursing going on by adults and, and kids alike. And uh, anyway, another day, another message. But you're going to have to have a different spirit than the spirit of the world. So today we're going to be talking about a character named Caleb from the Old Testament and, and of whom the Lord said, and watch this, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'm going to bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it with, with it. So here's the big idea this morning. If you will have a different spirit and follow the Lord wholeheartedly, God will bring you and your family into the land that he has for you. If you'll have a different spirit and follow the Lord wholeheartedly, not only will your life be blessed, but your family's life, your children and your children's children will be blessed as well. So we'll talk about that this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you today that I get to share the word of God with such wonderful people. Lord, we're not all perfect, that's for sure, but we're following a perfect Savior. You're at work in each one of our lives, and I give you praise, Lord God, that you've begun a good work in us, and you're going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, let every person in this place be encouraged in you, because you are at work in, in, in our lives, and we give you praise today. So, Lord, today I just pray that you'll bless our online church family and bless everyone right here that's on campus today. Such a great turnout. God, speak to our hearts during these next few moments. And let us be the people of God that you've called us to be. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you. <laughs> Praise God. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the 12 spies that went into Canaan land. All right? Canaan land was called the promised land. So say it with me this morning, Canaan. C-A-N-A-A-N, Canaan land, and it's really the promised land. So you know the setup here. Um, God's people were, the Israelites, were, had been held captive in Egypt for 430 years. Say it with me this morning, 430 years. 
making bricks under bondage, under slavery. And finally, God's prayers, the prayers of God's people went up. God heard their prayer and they delivered, he delivered them from Egyptian captivity after 430 years. Now, uh, after they were, so, so God delivered them. And so once they were delivered from captivity, they got brought over to the edge of Canaan land. So now they're going to get ready to conquer Canaan land. So remember how Moses said, let my people go? And then there were 10, how many of you remember he said, let my people go? All right, let my people go. All right, anyway, it's kind of a, the, the Broadway kind of a thing there. And then they went over and they got, uh, they had 10 plagues, which were really 10 miraculous moves of God. And, and, and all of Israel got to see God's hand move in a mighty way. This was 10 miracle moves of God before they got to the Red Sea, which was going to be another move of God. So they're on the edge of the promised land right now, and they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide, we're going to get 12 spies from one leader from each one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember the 12 tribes of Israel? We'll take one leader from each one, we'll send them in the, into the promised land, scope it out, and come and give us a report of what we're up against, all right? Tell us a little bit about the land. So the 12 spies, they come back after spying out the land, and they come back with this incredible report. And so this is where I want to pick up the story today, all right? So today we're going to be in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. If you're in your Bibles, Numbers. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those five books are called the five books of Moses. So when you're reading the five books of Moses, you'll hear God speak to Moses, and then Moses will speak to the people, all right? So those of you who say, man, Moses is doing a lot of speaking. Yes, those are the five books of Moses. So God speaks to Moses, and then Moses speaks to the people. But so in Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, all right? Um, by the way, Numbers is an, a, a great book to read. It's not just about numbers. It's about all kinds of things. So we'll pick up the story right there. They're coming right now. The 12 spies have been in uh, the promised land for how many days? 40 days. Stay with me this morning. 40 days. They come back, 12 spies, one from each tribe, and they come with a first-hand report. Let's pick up the story. Then they said to Moses, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And then they showed the people what the fruit was like, and you'll see that right over here. They had fruits. They had to carry the grapes I mean, honestly, you can't find grapes like that even at Rayleigh's. I mean, Rayleigh's has great produce, but I'm saying these grapes were like mega-sized grapes. They bring them back, and they said, look at that. I know you've seen grapes before and produce before, but nothing like you'll have in the promised land in Israel. By the way, anytime when you get ready to go to Israel, and I hope that all of you someday can go to Israel, the produce over there and the food over there is just so wonderful. It's almost like a blessed kind of a produce. But they were looking at it, and they were going like, look at this is it. So the promised land was full of great resources and incredible fruit, but there were also enemies and giants in the land. In other words, the promised land would have to be conquered. Let me just uh, say here this morning as an aside, students, you can listen to this as well. Anything worthwhile in life is going to need to be conquered. 
In other words, anything that you want, if you want to get past something, past a problem in your life, it's going to need to be conquered. If you're going to be a student in a college, you're going to have to conquer some bad habits and get to be a good student, all those kinds. But anything worthwhile in life, sometimes it has to be conquered. Can I get a witness? Amen? You had to pay a price to get where you wanted to go. So here's what the spies said. They said, man, look at all of this fruit here. But then... Here they gave an objective report. They said, here, we're going to tell you what it's like. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. In other words, there were giants in the land. Everyone say with me this morning, giants in the land. So how many you know we get when the giants are there, you know? So, the, so, and then he started naming them like we did last week. You've got all of the ites again, the Amalekites who live in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites who dwell in the mountains. You've got the Canaanites who dwell by the sea and by the banks of Jordan. Now, they said, uh, God said this, when you go into this land, there's going to be seven nations that are greater than you and stronger than you. And you're going to have to overtake them, but I'm going to be with you. And so he's just naming these right now, all of the ites in our life. How many of you know there's a lot of ites in life, right? The Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and all so forth, all right? So he says, but you're going to be able to, there's going to be enemies everywhere, and you're going to be surrounded by them north, south, east, and west. But God is greater than even the enemies that surround you. Can I get a witness? Amen? So they give this kind of bad report. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Say, say it with me this morning, Caleb. So you've got the 12 spies that went into the land. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that gave a good report. Now uh, Caleb quiets the people before Moses, and he said, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I love that right there because it was a statement of faith. We are well able to take the land. Say with me this morning. We are well able to take the land. Years ago, in 2015, I was out praying, and, uh, and uh, the Lord said, you know, it's time to take the land here at Harvest Church. It's time to get completely out of debt. This was in 2015. Over the years, over about 15 years, we had paid down from around $4.75 million of debt. We had paid that down to about $1.75 million, so just under $2 million. But the Lord said, I want you to take the land. I was out on a prayer, prayer walk, and he said, I want you to take the land. And so I came back. It was in July of uh, 2014, July of 2014, that I came, and I preached a message right here about taking the land. And on that Sunday, I'd been out on a prayer walk early, uh, months earlier and got everything prepared. And on that first Sunday, man, we had everything ready to go, take the land. We had the land divided up into... Uh, yards, square yards, three by three. So, and we found out that every yard of land would be $70. And, and every time that you bought a, a $70 yard, we started taking one more piece of the land until we were completely out of debt. We went through, on the first Sunday that I presented that, you know, we needed about a million, seven fifty. So and that's not a lot of money until you have to start paying it back with interest. <laughs> So in other words, when you're paying money back with interest, uh, it becomes a little bit more money. Your Kohl's card isn't a lot of money until you start paying it back with interest because I just got an interest statement for Kohl's, which I owe zero to, but they just sent me a, an interest uh, statement 
they're charging now 24.99% interest on your... So if you thought you saved, you know, 50%, you're paying 25% of it right back if you, have a, if you maintain a balance, okay? So what I'm trying to say is $1.75 million isn't a lot of money until you have to start paying it all back. And so I came up here, shared the message, and on that Sunday, we received an offering. And the offering was, I think, less than $2,000. And you know what this congregation is, will, is able to do. Um, you know, two or three weeks ago at a, at a men's uh, breakfast, not a church service, but at a men's breakfast, we received an offering for two water wells in Ghana, and there was given $25,000 at a men's breakfast. So in the whole services that morning, three services, I believe it was, we received around less than $2,000. I go like, whoa, God, I know I heard from you, but what just happened there? And so I went out to walk and pray again. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, we're not going to do it the conventional way. He didn't say the exact words. He says, we're not going to do it this way. Here's what you're going to do. I want, you're not going to receive one more offering for this, for this project, not one more offering for this project. All you're going to do is just mention it to the people, but they know what to do. You don't have to receive offerings at the end of the service. You don't have to receive special offerings, emergency offerings, or anything like that. All you need to do is just trust me. Because I said, God, I, th- I know that I heard you, but it's not quite a great response. But he said, here's, here's what we're going to do. You're, you're not going to receive any more offerings. So for the next year and a half, all we did was just keep it before the people, before our congregation, before you, and by the end of 2015, every dollar of that $1.75 million was paid for by the end of the year. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise, amen? I mean, that happened. So, but here's the thing is, our theme was this, is we are well able to take the land. Say with me this morning, we are well able to take the land. I should let Markel share this, and I'm really, I, I should even ask permission to share it, but I'm going to take a liberty today. Um, the, uh, Markel and, and his wife, Nicolene, these are great people, they came to our church five or six years ago, and uh, they still had their school bills. Say no. Is it Okay. Okay, thanks. Markel just gave me it. It was okay to share it because it's talking about taking the land. Um, they had their school bills, which I, I talk with all of our staff members about finances and things like this and try to really help them along the way as far as, you know, how to handle finances for my own mistakes and my own victories in that area. But they had um, uh, about... Oh, dollars $60,000, $70,000 just in school bills between the two of them. So, and then their, their normal living expenses on a moderate income, and, and, uh, but they, they, they had those. And so this was about three or four years ago. But Markel and, and Nicolene, they said, man, we're just going to buckle down and we're going to take the land of debt reduction and just last week, it's too long of a story to tell you, but just last week, he, and he said, we haven't been on any vacations. We haven't gone any place. I said, you've been on the beans and rice diet, haven't you? Anyway, he said, last week when we had our staff meeting, he said, right now, we are within $1,100 of being zeroed out, debt-free. Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. So he said, he said, in October... 
We're going to be debt-free. We'll have completely, and I said, what, you mean your bill's paid, not Nicolene's bill? No, he said, no, both bills are paid. All the bills are paid. We have zero debt on anything October 1. That's called taking the land. Can I get a witness amen? So if they can do it, y'all can do it. All right. Okay. Now watch. Caleb quieted the people and says, we are well able to overcome it. Say it with me this morning. We are well able to overcome it. And I want to just say here this morning, whatever might be standing in your way, everyone, whatever you might be up against, with God's help, you are well able to take the land. Say with me this morning, we are well able to take the land with God's help. But then, but the men who had gone up with them, they said, the other spies said, we're not able to go up against the land. and We're not able to take it because everyone around, the people there are stronger than we are. How do you know that the minute you get your eyes on God, you're going to have some critics that come cackling along the way? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Say with me this morning, a bad report. And the land which they spied, of the land which, which, which they spied out, the promised land, uh, the land uh, th- through which we've gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They talked about the giants instead of all of the blessings. Let me just say here this morning, bad news travels a lot faster than good news. And bad news is more infectious than COVID-19 because it infected a whole bunch of people. All of that bad report from those 10 guys that said that there was a bad, 10 spies out of 12 said there was a bad report. Do you know what? That infected all of Israel. There, and, and at that time, there was almost 2 million people and it infected all of them to say, man, I don't know about this. We should probably go back to Egypt. So there he, they go on to say, there we saw giants, the descendants of Anak uh, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Say it with me, we were like grasshoppers in their sight, and then we were gr- like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now let me just see, look at this here this morning. If you have a distorted image of God you will have a distorted image of yourself. Say with me this morning, if God be for us, who can be against us? How many believe that, amen? But if you get your eyes on the giants instead of keeping your eyes on God, you're going to have a distorted image. And then you're going to start becoming small in your own eyes. So what's the solution? Don't focus on how big your giants are. Focus on how big your God is. Hallelujah. Praise God. So when the congregation heard the bad report, they lifted up their voices and they cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children, they should have been rejoicing. We're, we're right on the edge of the promised land. After 430 years in Egypt, we're right on the edge of the promised land. Instead, they cried that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in the wilderness. Now watch out. When you start complaining, everyone, you're getting yourself in trouble. And you know that some of your complaints can come up to God and actually be like a prayer request? Be careful that your complaint isn't seen as a prayer request because you might actually get what you're asking for. And let me just kind of give you a, a spoiler alert right now. All of God's people ended up perishing in the wilderness, but they said it'd been better if we perished in the wilderness. 
They said it'd be better if we went back to Egypt. Man, I'll tell you what, when you're talking to God, speak words of faith and not words of failure. Can I get a witness, amen? So why has the, so then he, uh, he says it'd be better if we'd have just died in this wilderness. Well, God heard that. And sometimes God will give you what you wish for. So it goes on here in uh, Numbers, now we're in Numbers 14, and I'm just giving you just a snapshot this morning because they're both long chapters. They said, why has God brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not have been better just to return and go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. Can you imagine everyone saying that I want to go back to Egypt after being in there 430 years building bricks, I'm talking about making bricks, being in bondage, and being in slavery, but they wanted to go back to that. So let's select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron, Moses, you had Moses leading them, and then Aaron the priest, fell on the faces, they fell on their faces probably in distress before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But watch this. But Joshua and Caleb were among those who had spied out the land, and they tore their clothes. Say with me this morning, Joshua and Caleb. They're watching right now. Everyone, can you imagine right now? You only got two people. You got about four million people who are like in fear and distress right now. Joshua and Caleb, they start to tear their clothes. They're getting their attention. They're just going like just in distress. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and they said, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Say with me this morning, good land. Everyone, keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on God. And he says this, if the, if the Lord delights in us, then he's going to bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which fill, flows with milk and honey. So Caleb and, and, and Joshua helped the people, tried to help the people to keep their eyes on the prize, not the problems. Now, that's a good word right there. Say it with me right now. Keep your eye on the prize, not the problem. And they said, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed them, and the Lord is going to be with us. Do not fear them. In other words, don't fear the enemy. They're our bread. We're going to conquer them. Hallelujah. So God said, so they, they just stayed positive. Like, we're greater. The greater one lives inside of, of us, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Can I get a witness? Amen. Now, there's where they're, they're at right now. So how did the story end? You know, you get this great speech. Joshua and Caleb, they say, yeah, they stood up and they said, don't rebel against God. They're our food. We're going to go. We're going to conquer the land. It truly is a great land. You know what they said? Let's stone them. And by the way, there's a lot of stones in Israel. When you get to Israel, when you look around, there are not just thousands of stones. There are millions of stones. Everywhere you turn, there are stones. And they said, let's stone them. How many of you know that's great leadership right there? That'll make you want to go into ministry, won't it, amen? Give them a good word on Sunday and say, let's stone them. And so how does the story end? The children of Israel, they kept on complaining, and they kept on giving a bad report. Even God was sorry that he, you know, even brought him out of Egypt, and he said, we should just destroy him right now. But Moses said, no, let's not do that. And so after all of these miracles, they continued to complain until God had had enough, and then God just said this, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go in to Israel, and pardon me, you're going to go into the, into the promised land, 
but it's only going to be the children that are 19 years old and younger. In other words, anyone under 20 will get to go in, and Joshua and Caleb, that's the only ones that are going to go in, in, into the land because you're complaining. And what's going to happen is you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for every day that the uh, spies were in the land. So they were in the land for 40 days, but you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of your complaining, and a whole generation of Israelites is going to die by the wayside. God even was so fed up, he says their carcasses are going to be left right out there in the wayside. How many of you, everyone, God honors faith, amen? In other words, don't flinch in your faith. He honors faith. But then he said, Joshua and Caleb will be able to go in with the children after a period of 40 years. So you're going to wander in the wilderness, and you're finally going to go into the promised land. And get this, though, here today, talking about ratios. Everybody, how many of you love God? How many of you believe in God? How many believe that the greater one lives on the inside? And how many of you know that that whole thing that we just said is many times challenged in your life? And many times in life, there'll be circumstances in life that make you kind of question what's going on with God. Like, why does he wait so long? Or why does this happen? And why does that happen? But are we still on board with God? There might be giants in the land, but let me just say this. We've got to still be on board with God. And, and, it, and you think of Joshua and Caleb, who are the only of the 12 spies. They're the only ones that had a good report, but that's not entirely true. There's more. Actually, at that time, you can read your Bible, you'll find it, and I've just done the study here just to bring this out. Um, there are actually 603,000 men, 603, 550 men at that time among the Israelites. 603,000 men plus the 12 spies, plus the women and the children were there, altogether around 2 to 2.4 million people. So out of 603, 1,500 men, only Joshua and Caleb had a good report. Hearing what I'm saying? And then they led the whole, all of Israel uh, into this, you know, fear, and they missed the promised land because of their own fear and lack of faith. Now, here's the, here's the other side of it. He said, you know, the children are going to go in. How many of you think that's a pretty good deal, right? The children are going to go in 19 and under, but they're going to have to wander in the wilderness first. Are you following me on this? So by the time the 20-year-old children get there, they're going to be what? 60 years old with their families and their children. All that downtime, 60 years old, and then Joshua and Caleb would be about 80 years old because Caleb was 40 years old when all of this began to happen. How many know that when you don't have faith in God and you walk in disbelief or unbelief, you'll lose a lot of time in your life? God will still reward you, but you'll lose a lot of time in your life. There used to be a song, you know, uh, that, we, uh, that I heard sung when I was a little kid, wasted years, wasted years, oh how foolish, as we walk on in darkness alone. You know, turn around, turn around, God is calling. He's calling you from a life of wasted years. I'm just saying that if you walk in disbelief and if you walk in a lack of faith, you're going to be walking in a lot of wasted years. God wants you to be in the promised land right now, not having to wander in the wilderness. Amen. Okay, you still with me? But then, out of all of this, even with all this report and everything, the Bible says this in Numbers 14, verse 24, but... Because my servant Caleb has had a different spirit 
or a different attitude and follows me wholeheartedly, I'm going to bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. My servant Caleb, everyone say with me this morning, Caleb, he has a different spirit or a different attitude and he follows me wholeheartedly. Say it with me, he follows me wholeheartedly. I'm going to bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Let me just say it again here this morning that, that uh, when you get a breakthrough with God, not only will you be blessed, but your descendants will be blessed as well. And he says this, but God says this, not one of you that were unbelievers will enter into the land that I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua and then all of the children that were you know, 20, uh, we're 19 and under. In other words, 19 and under, they got to go in. All right. So what was Caleb's secret? What was Joshua's secret? Here's what it, sa- here's what it says later in Numbers. Because they, the Israelites, have not followed me wholeheartedly. Watch that. The Israelites didn't follow me wholeheartedly. Not one of those who are 20 years old or more uh, when they came up out of Egypt will see the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they didn't follow me wholeheartedly, except Caleb and Joshua, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. How many believe today, everyone, we need to have a church, we need to be believers who don't follow the Lord half-heartedly, but we follow the Lord wholeheartedly? Can I get one right now? And then we're going to be able to take the land. Now, let me bring you back to the premise again here. There's, y'all with me right now? I'm doing a lot of preaching, and I hope you're listening good. Are you listening all right? I hope that I'm not putting you to sleep because the devil wants you to sleep on this stuff. <laughs> Push away all that garbage that we've learned in tradition in the church and learn to listen. I'm talking about because, you know, pastors and preaching and sermons, they all go like, well, the sermon sure went long today. We had a great service today. The pastor didn't even preach. <clears throat> when honestly it's the word that's going to save you and the word that's going to keep you and the word that's going to keep you, you stick to your bones. I mean, I'm glad for any outbreak that we have and especially the presence of God and all of that. But I'm telling you, we need to discipline ourselves so we hear the word of God. And it's just learning. In other words, and it's pushing away from bad traditions that say, oh, I hope the message is over pretty quick right now because I need to get out to Mimi's to eat. <laughs> Can I get a witness? We're talking about food for the body, but we're talking about necessary food for the soul. The food, you know, out there will keep your body alive, but food from the Word of God, this daily bread, will keep your soul alive. So I'm just saying, when it comes to things like fatigue, when it comes to things like drifting off or whatever, get a hold of yourself and say, no, I'm going to lean in the Word of God. If this pastor is preaching from the Word of God, I'm going to get something from it. Yes. And, and, and I, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this when I was probably in my early 20s. And the Holy Spirit said, snap out of it. Don't start falling asleep in church. It's a bad tradition. Fatigue is a bad tradition in the church. When I get to church, I'm going to listen to the Word of God. I'm going to lean into the Word of God. I'm going to learn from the Word of God, and I'm going to live the Word of God. Can I get a witness? Amen. So, in other words, when we get in God's Word, it's prime time now, right now. We're going to get something greater than the mini-series that we're watching every day. And we, we go on preaching here for 30 minutes. Man, 30 minutes. I think we had 35 minutes today. 
Man, I could barely get through that last five minutes, but I'm telling you what, we get through three hours of miniseries. And we get through six hours of football on TV, God help us. We are so carnal that some of us are even reading the ESPN version during church to see what the scores are. Okay, I went, I went too far on that, but that's okay. And I'm a fan, by the way, I'm a fan. You know, sometimes I've actually thought it might actually be a good thing to leave our cell phones in the car and actually bring a Bible in and just cut away from the cell phones completely. And uh, just meddling with you a little bit here. We got along fine with cell phones for half my life. And even when I go to walk and pray, I don't take a, a cell phone with me because you think that might be a good thing to do for security, but I got God with me already for security. And I'm going like, man, I'm just going to get alone with the Holy Spirit. I don't need AT&T to speak to me. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Anyway, okay, let's get back to the takeaway. If you will have, here's this takeaway again. If you will have a different spirit and follow the Lord wholeheartedly, God will bring you and your family into the land he has for you. Hallelujah. And what is a different spirit? A different spirit, we're talking this morning about the spirit of an overcomer. So a different spirit is about following the Lord wholeheartedly. Say with me this morning, following the Lord wholeheartedly. Uh, when I was a kid, we had a song that was already a classic. And so teenagers don't look at me like, man, you pull out an old song again. This song was an old song when I was born. It was written in the 1800s. I wasn't even in America. I hadn't discovered America yet. But it's a, called, a song called I Surrender All. And it's a timeless Christian classic published in 1896. And here it goes. It goes, I'll try to pick a right note. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Then we'd sing, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender all. Now, we're talking about serving God wholeheartedly, all right? <laughs> You're too kind. There will be no, there will be no uh, forthcoming album. Um, but the modern American version goes this way. Here's the modern American version. Some to Jesus I surrender some to him I freely give. I will sometimes love and trust him. In his service sometimes live. I surrender some. I surrender some. Some to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender some. Now you get the idea. God isn't looking for some, he's looking for all. He's looking for wholehearted devotion and service to him. And I wrote this line down while I was writing this message. How can we possibly give anything less than our all to the one who gave nothing less than his all to us? In other words, how could we give any less than our all 
to the one who gave nothing less than his all, his life to us. That demands my all. Can I get a witness? Amen? Amen. So it's about wholehearted surrender. So now, um, almost finished here this morning. I want to give everyone hope. Um, I could talk, I mean, I could spend right now uh, talking about all of the qualities of what it takes, you know, to, what is it, the qualities of someone with a different spirit? What does that even mean? So we talk about Caleb, and he said he had a different spirit, but what does that even mean? Well, he had a different spirit. Well, first of all, he was positive instead of being negative. How many think that that'd be a good thing, amen? Be positive and be negative. Be a believer and not a doubter. He had faith instead of fear. And let me just tell you this, faith will always overcome your fears if you'll have faith in God. He was a person who was aware of God's presence. He had this awareness of God's presence so that he could say, God is with us. And a lot of individuals today in the church, they're not quite sure that God is with us. But Caleb and Joshua, they knew that God was with us. He had a vision that Egypt could be left behind and that Canaan, the promised land, could be conquered even though Israel was overpowered and outnumbered. He had a vision that we could take the land. We're well able to take the land. Then Caleb had perseverance and patience, waiting 45 years to even receive his promise, something he didn't even do. He had to pay the price with the children of Israel and wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, but he had faith in God. So what makes a different spirit? Positive instead of negative, faith over fear, presence of God, a vision that Egypt could be left behind and Israel could be, Israel could be conquered, and then perseverance and patience. But more than anything, Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. Man, I'll tell you what, when I was studying this out, that's the revelation that came over and over what is a person that has a different spirit? They don't follow the ways of the world. They follow the Lord wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. And you, if you want to be a person that follows the Lord wholeheartedly, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. <clears throat> All right, students, man, y'all been just tracking really great. I'm watching you over there. You're doing great. I'm looking at you. I'm seeing how you're doing. You're doing great. Everybody's doing great this morning. I just want to tell you right now, I have six pages in this message this morning. I'm on page six. Hang on with me right now. Get this. So we come to the end of the story, and now they say, okay, God says here's what it's going to be. Uh, you're going to go into the promised land, but you're going to have to wait 40 years to do it. Even when you've made a mistake in your, wild, in your, in your wilderness, by the way, God will still sustain you in the wilderness. He sent bread from heaven and manna. And did you know what? Their sandals and their clothes didn't even wear out for those 40 years. They didn't even wear out. How many know that that's God? Y'all made a mistake, but I'm going to keep you clothed. And even your sandals aren't going to wear out out in the wilderness. How many know that that's a supernatural God? Even when we make mistakes, God says, this, it's okay, I still got your back. It's going to cost you some time, but I'm still, I still got your back. I'm still with you. Can I get a witness, amen? Uh, let me just ask you, to, how many of you have ever made mistakes, right? You know what I'm saying? And how many of you have been amazed that God is still with you? God, you should have just burnt me. I should have been consumed a long time ago. But his mercies are new every morning and his faithfulness is great. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every day. Great is his faithfulness in our life. Praise God. So 
You've got Caleb now. What happened to Caleb? Ended the By the way, when this all started, he was 40 years old. Now he's had to wait 40 years to get into the wilderness. And if you do the math and read the scholars, they believe that there was another five years of conquest. So now, so you go 40 years, add on to Caleb's life. He started at 40 when he just was one of the spies. Now he's 80 years old. They go into the wilderness for another five years and they go into conquest for another five years. And this is where we pick up the story in the book of Joshua, okay? So we're moving right now from the book of Numbers, but we're moving to the book of Joshua. Remember, it was Joshua and Caleb that were the two spies that got to go in. So now they're doing a little history on it. And here they're kind of looking back and reminiscing. And in Joshua chapter 14, verse 7, here's Caleb talking now. And he's kind of sharing what happened in his life and this whole thing. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought back a report according to my convictions. And then he said, I brought back a good report according to my convictions. So he says, I was 40 years old. Say it with me this morning, 40 years old. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. Remember that? Ten spies made it the whole nation melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Say it with me this morning. Wholeheartedly. Have you heard that somewhere before? Wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet walked will be your inheritance and, and that of your children forever. Because why? I'm going to give you this land that you're on now. He says, I, I was 40 then. And he says, because you have followed the Lord my God, wholeheartedly, say it with me again, wholeheartedly. I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you the children your land. Then he says this, now then, say with me, now then. He must have been from Minnesota. You know, we say, they say, now then, now then, so then, now then. By the way, in Minnesota, check it out. There's a town called now then. It's this, the name of the town called now then. It really is. Check it out later. There's actually a hell in Michigan, hell, Michigan. So I, I don't know why I said that, but it is true. I've lived in both states, but there's a now then in Minnesota. And yes, there is a hell in Michigan because I rode my motorcycle to hell and back one afternoon, and, and I, I did. <laughs> Dennis, don't send me a text message today. Don't, not today. It's right there, okay. But that's actually funny. Come on now. All right. Um, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive these 45 years. Say it with me, 45 years. I thought he was in the wilderness for 40 years. Yes, he was in the wilderness for 40 years, but then there was another five years of conquest. And then he's where he is right now, getting ready to receive his land. 40 years since the time that they said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. He says, I'm 85 years old. Say it with me, 85 years old. How many people do we have that are 80 or over today? You're 80 and, 80 and over. Man, I'm going to give you some hope right now in the name of Jesus. And Caleb said this. He says, I'm 85 years old right now, but I'm still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses when he sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. And he says, he says, Caleb says this, now give me the hill country that God promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the 
Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, he says, I'm going to drive them out just as he said. In other words, he says, we're going to have more giants in this land that you're giving me right now. He's going to give them the land of Hebron. And he says, but you know what? If God's with us, he's going to drive out those giants too at age 85. Then Joshua, then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Hebron is uh, Palestine. He gave Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb because he followed the Lord, the God, uh, he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. There you have it again. So Hebron now belonged to Caleb. Be, why? Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Say it with me this morning, wholeheartedly. And bottom line is this. what's the bottom line of this whole message today? Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'm going to bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So I want to just say this again this morning and then we're going to pray. If you will have a different spirit and follow the Lord wholeheartedly, God will bring you and your family into the land that he has for you in the name of Jesus. And everyone that receives that, give the Lord a great hand clap. Would you do that right now? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Stand with me all across the room this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Um, everyone here this morning, why do we need a message like this today? Uh, let me tell you why. Because our faith in these days is being tested, and our faith in these days will be tested. And we're going to have the opportunity either to shrink from the enemy or to overtake the enemy in the name of Jesus. We're going up against cities that are stronger and greater than us, but here's the difference that we have. We have God with us, and if God is with us, who can be against us? Amen? I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future, and it's God, and he's walking with us. And we are well able to take the land. In other words, don't have the attitude of the Israelites who drew back, but have the attitude of Caleb and Joshua who said, we are well able to take the land, and we're going to serve the Lord God wholeheartedly. We're going to have faith over fear in the name of Jesus. So I want to serve God wholeheartedly, not in a half-hearted way, but in a wholehearted way. And if you do as well, Would you say aloud, amen, amen? Would you do that, amen? Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what are we walking out of this morning? We're walking out of a church building into an uncertain future, but we have a Savior who is certainly with us. In all of this uncertainty, we have certain faith in God. And I'm saying, I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm going forward into the promised land. And how many of you say, I'm right there with you, Pastor. Hallelujah. We're going to move forward into what God has for us in the name of Jesus. More of God, more of his word, more of his spirit. Praise God. The other day I was just uh, watching on some of your Facebook texts that I saw that some of you had gone down to the uh, Maverick um, worship conference uh, in, in uh, Stockton. And I'd never heard of Maverick. I was going like, well, how did I not hear of this Maverick worship? Had you ever heard of it or not? Yeah, but I'd not. Like, what's wrong with pastor? <laughs> and so send me this stuff. Throw it at me. Um, well, let me just prove it to y'all since, since y'all feeling cool, you Maverick people. 
Um, how many of you have not heard of Maverick? Raise your hand. See, I'm saying I'm not just alone in my ignorance here. I just was saying. <laughs> but they have Maverick worship. But it, it was a worship where it was more, if I can explain it, it's more like let's just get together, not to have a concert here, but let's just see what God might do. Let's just worship God and let's see how the Spirit flows. And so now auditoriums are just being filled all over the United States. They're only doing a few of them, but they're, it's kind of like, let's just, we've got the songs and the worship songs ready, but more than that, we need the presence of God. Let's just see what God might do. And you just kind of go with the wave of the Spirit. What I'm saying is this morning is God has more in store for all of us. Hallelujah. And it's not back in Egypt. It's forward into that promised land that God has for us. And I'm telling you what, Boy, I'm just getting this now, so just forgive me, all right? But I'm just saying, even back then, God says this. You're going to have some giants in the land. You're going to have to overcome those cities, and they're going to be strong and more mighty than you. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty into what you're walking. So uncertainty isn't a failure. It's just what it is what it is. But God says this. In the middle of all of the uncertainty, I'm going to be with you, and you're going to be able to take the land in the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm going to be with you. So I want to just say to you this morning, as we walk out of this again on a Sunday like we've been doing for the last year and a half into an uncertain future, we have certain faith in our Jesus Christ and our God that's going before us. He's going to be with us and we're going to take the land. And there's more in store for the people of God. More of an outpouring of His Spirit. More of an understanding of His Word. A deeper, more consecrated prayer life. And I'll tell you what, it happens to all of those who say, God, I'm going to follow you wholeheartedly. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I think I got out what I needed to say today. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us be here today. And uh, hallelujah. Lord, I pray this morning that your people, our wonderful church family, Lord God, will feel challenged by what was said today, not condemned by what was said today, but challenged by what's was said today, Lord, with the goal being of serving you completely, wholeheartedly, just like Joshua and Caleb did. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we just pray this right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We, we pray, Lord God, that we would serve you wholeheartedly. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.